0: Now, let me go ahead and pose this question now to all my listeners. How would you feel if someone would told you that your life is already set for you? That means your career, your hobbies, your educational aspirations, even your demeanor. Now, let me pose something else. How would you feel if those things were determined based on your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, or any other essential part of your identity? In hindsight... This may feel like this is how our society works. But in reality, you have your own path. You can choose what you want to do. You have the work ethic and you have the determination to do what you got to do. And with that being said, welcome to the first episode of TMI, the podcast that is all about teaching, motivating and igniting the fire in your spirit. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. We're going to go ahead and explore this idea and all these questions and have you guys leaving this episode with something to really think about. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get into it. guys let's go ahead and kick these things off with just diving deep into this discussion and talking more just about the stuff that i kind of put out into my introduction and i want to go ahead and get it off by talking about a situation that happened in my biochemistry course it wasn't nothing too crazy nothing off but like what was said at the end what happened at the end really shook with me down on my core because i was able to connect it to what we're going to talk about today and I'll start off with how it began. So I'm in my biochemistry course. It's 12:50, 12 minutes before class starts. Uh, people start trickling into the classroom, and I had the idea to change my seat from where I was sitting. Then, now picture a whole classroom where you have rows of desks stacking atop of each other. You know, kind of like a uh, like a ballroom or something like that. And then when you have a projector in the front where like you kind of have like this mini stage and then you know a desk for the professor to put his stuff on and everything so i usually sit in the front because i wanted to be attentive with the professor i wanted to get all the notes i could i could and do everything you know he would say and try to ask him questions i'd be the first person he sees well i decided to let loose a little bit and i said you know i'm gonna go sit in the middle of the classroom because you know, sometimes I want to watch YouTube videos while he's talking. He could be boring sometimes. Uh, I want to go ahead and play games on my phone, some stuff like that. You know, do even do notes for other class, for other classes and everything, because I want to do that. And you know, as I'm moving, two of my classmates start looking at me crazy. Then some other people in the middle of the classroom start looking at me crazy. And there's this unspoken rule about moving your seat. In the middle of the semester, because see, in the beginning of the semester, you always find your seat. You can sit wherever you are, and after that, everybody's gonna be like, "That's your seat for the rest of the, the rest of the semester, or the rest of the year." And that's just because we're not trying to like be unfamiliar with our surroundings and stuff like that it's easier for us to just capture in our mind who's going to sit where it's an unspoken rule really it's like no one places out in the wall no one just says hey this is a rule by the administration of so and so like no it's just something that like we just say just regularly happens so while everyone's looking at music crazy I'm still packing up my stuff and moving to the middle of the classroom and then my friend was like so I see you being bold right there bro I'm like yeah I'm being bold I'm just changing my seat what's wrong with that man I just want to sit where I want to sit and you know we start laughing off about it we start joking off because even though it's an unspoken rule we take it as a joke like some of these classmates are my friends and the ones who are talking to me are my friends and they're just chilling we're just talking about it but he would later say something they didn't irk my nerves, I didn't get mad about it, but I would really start thinking about it later on. Now he would say, for me changing my seat from the front to the middle, I'm disrupting the, I'm disrupting the order of things in the universe. I'll say it again, because I'm changing my seats, I'm disrupting the order of things in the universe. Now, I laughed it off, moved to my new seat, ended up playing games on my phone, recording lecture, studying for other classes all that stuff and after class my friends and I just talking about it just joking about it but then later on as soon as I got to my dorm I started really thinking about it I started really thinking about what he said not the whole conversation but just what he said at the end disrupting the order of things in the universe and I really try to connect it to my life really my college career The nearly three years I've been at Morehouse College and it kind of transitions to transitions to how I started off in college you know when I got to college I didn't really think about becoming a lawyer becoming a doctor trying to study become those occupations I just wanted to be an athletic trainer or just work with a sports team so I got with kinesiology because I thought that's what I was only good at being do only good at doing you know I didn't have You know, amazing grades coming out of high school. I didn't, you know, have the best resume coming out. You know, I was just getting by. I was doing well. I was doing all right. And when I got to kinesiology, I got comfortable, you know, not because of the people and all that stuff. That's a different story. It's because of just how easy I was getting good grades and how I was doing really well in my major classes. you know, everything else was great. Like, you know, that first semester, I ended getting a 4.0 in my, you know, my freshman year. The second semester, you know, it didn't go as well as I wanted, but I ended the whole freshman year with a 3.9. And, you know, during that road, I ended up joining a couple programs. One in particular, uh, Morehouse School of Medicine's Undergraduate Health Sciences Academy. Now, if you don't want to know, What Morehouse School of Medicine is, Morehouse School of Medicine is a medical school, a HBCU medical school that's right across the street from Morehouse and Spelman at Clark Atlanta University. It's a really good school. It's a really, really good school. It's one of my top lists for medical schools. And when I got to that undergrad program, you know, the directors really liked me. Uh, They really was talking about me, about what I wanted to do in my future. I said, I thought I'd just be an athletic trainer or a physical therapist. And that's the highest I would go, a sports physical therapist. And, you know, they told me, you know, you have other options, right? You know, you can go through anything you want. You can become a doctor even. And, you know, I always I thought about being, becoming a doctor. But I never thought that I would have the chops for it. You know, I would always see pre-med majors, biology majors, chem majors, going through all the hardships to being a doctor, studying for classes, looking dead tired, everything. And I was like, I don't want no part of that. I think I'm going to be all cool, just chilling. And, you know, I kind of said that to my directors and they were just like, just think about it over a little bit. Just think it over. You know my family would tell me about it I had mentors that would tell me about it I even had some friends that I was like you could do it and I really started thinking about something really something else about it you know am I just being comfortable in the assigned seat that I was put in because you know in high school my guidance counselor told me that like because of my grades you know even because of my race and all these other things that I would just stick to doing these things because it would make me happy and I would be easier doing it. You know, I don't have to go any hardships or nothing like that. And I started really to think I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try to be a doctor, because even if my grades going to go down and I'm going to be stressing a whole lot and all this stuff, school is going to become going to become more tense. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Because first of all, there's not a lot of people in my field that's doing it. And second, let me go ahead and be a boundary breaker. And that kind of leads to just like, you know, the people who tell you you can't do it. Be from high school. uh, They can be people just off the street. They can even be your friends, even uh, teachers, anybody, even family members. And it goes back to everything that I said about disrupt the order of things in the universe. Did the decisions I made in my life really quote disrupt the order of things in the universe for some people. Because see, there are people who think that you or a certain group of people are always supposed to fit an image that makes them the most comfortable with them no matter what. In my story, the assigned seats were a source of comfort as you kept as they kept you exactly where you're supposed to be. An assigned seating of your individuality, if you will. It's like I wanted to stay as a kinesiology major. I wanted to stay in this seat because I was comfortable with it. It was easy. But really, for those who are determined to achieve their own aspirations and goals, they have to recognize an important truth. There are no assigned seats in life. Now, the people I keep referring to include, but are not limited to, the system, those who do not believe in the power of setting goals, and plain and simply, simply, ignorant people. Now, I'll go ahead and define who these types of people are and everything, bit by bit. And I'll start off with the system. The system can range from k through 12th grade educational systems and government agencies, which include the local and federal government. The system will always spout out statistical information, common data trends, numbers, and graphs to prove why you would, should, and do belong to a particular status or your assigned seat. Go ahead and repeat that. Would, should, and do belong to a particular status or, in my case, your assigned seat. Non-believers will always use their reasons or always dispute your reasons for one to choose a different seat. They don't believe in what you can do. It's really hard. It's like, well, you know, it's just like not a lot of people do it. You know, you don't want anything to do it. They won't spout numbers like the system does, but they'll just be like, you know, other people done it, but I don't think you can do it. You know, your, your grades don't look good, You don't know. Or maybe after, you know, you do all this stuff, maybe you can, but I don't know. That's what a non-believer would kinda say. Ignorant people will simply disregard your desire to be in a different seat because it's simply, and I quote, not fit into their outlook on life. They just don't care. It's just like for so many years, I don't see this person doing this, I don't see you doing it either. Like ignorant people and non-believers kind of coincide, but ignorant people would just be like, you can you could teach you could teach a non-believer, hey, you could probably do this, and they'll probably change on you to where, oh, okay, you can do it. An ignorant person would be like, yeah, I've seen all the numbers, I don't care. Now, some of you guys may be in disbelief about this. And there are some that may have experienced this firsthand. And I'm gonna go ahead and share some, some data, and some statistics that I took the time and liberty to research and share with you guys just to get a better sense of what I'm talking about. And the first one I talk about is regarding black men. For us black men, we deal with knowing that we are incarcerated at a rate of 1,408 per 100,000, while whites are incarcerated at a rate of 275 per 100,000 people meaning that we make up most of incarcerations of the prison complex meaning there are more black people than anybody else in the united states in any given state that will go to jail now for women especially women of color i emphasize this because this is very important in today's world for women, especially women of color, they know that they make up most of the low-wage workforce with an enormous wage gap in front of them. Meaning that, yeah, they're going to get jobs. They're getting recruited and hired more into these jobs. But they're still going to be stuck in entry-level work. And they're still, they make up half of the people that get low-paying salaries, entry-level salaries. And that's not really progressive. Yeah, you know, that's not really progressive What? you know data shows and everything for young black scholars and this is the last one for young black scholars matriculating in high school we should all know that there is research that indicates that teachers have a systematic bias against them and that there are also numbers that show that they are now prepared for the act well they're not really prepared for the act i apologize they're not prepared we wish they were prepared but they're not really prepared at all they don't meet any of the four benchmarks And if you wanna know where I got these sources from, the first one regarding black men was from the sentencingproject.org where it talks about color of justice, racial and ethnic disparities in state prisons, the catalyst.org for women of color in the United States and uncf.org which talks about K through 12 disparity, facts and stats. Now the reason why I bring those up because those are examples of systematic barriers which don't require someone to directly tell you where you belong. I mean, when you bring those numbers up now, the system can go ahead and just say, like, you know, the system can lead to stereotypes for a black man. We have to live in fear that we're going to be stopped by the police and possibly go to jail or even worse for women of color. They're always in fear, knowing that even if I get hired, I'm not really going to advance in my career as much. All these years of just wasted work and stuff like that. For young black scholars, even for a lot of minority scholars, they always have to worry the fact that the teacher that they see for fifth period or even all their periods, they're going to be a little biased towards them, which means that they're not really going to take care into the schoolwork and just be like, they don't even believe I'm going to do it anyway. And then when it comes to the ACT or SAT, they're not really going to meet any benchmarks and they're not going to really realize their full potential going in. And that's why I bring those up. However, some people have also been in situations where someone has directly tried to discourage them because they didn't fit a certain image. And that's just telling them, like, I don't see you doing this. It, it kind of like goes back to what I say about the ignorant people and non-believers. Like, I don't see you doing this. I don't see you really doing well, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I'll give you one example of how like, you know, I guess with the woman of color situation, or a young black woman. Doing her jobs, working years to do well in her career in a corporation, and when it comes down to her getting that promotion, she'll get pushed off for somebody who fits the bill more than she does. It's like that guy can go ahead and, and go ahead and get that position, even though he hasn't put in the work, he hasn't done all he could. It's uh, kind of lazy and all this other stuff. Not for everybody, but this particular guy. However, not only is he best friends with the boss and does all this other stuff, but he fits the image more, the image that that particular corporation wants and she doesn't. You know, that discourages them to even do anything in their career field. Now, with all this information given, I wanna go back and tell you something that I said all the way at the beginning of this episode. There are no assigned seats in life. Oh, you want me to go ahead and say it in the back louder for all those people in the back? Okay, I'll go ahead and say it. There are no assigned seats in life. All right. Glad you guys caught on to that. No matter what the data says or just what people's opinions, you can still do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. That's how I lived through my life. That's how I lived through my life during college and everything that's going on now. That's what I mean when I say that. In life, you can go so far into what you want to do and what you can do. Your work ethic is an example of that. Your mindset and your creativity are examples of that. I mean, really, let's just be honest with, with each other. A lot of y'all are live exa- living examples of this phrase. Many of you can say that y'all made it to college and are making far into it. So, and some of y'all are about or, or have graduated and are living your best life right now. Many people are living fruitful lives, exploring the world, creating healthy relationships, and breaking boundaries in their own careers. Everyone is breaking the social stigma that was so desperately trying to stay attached to their spirit. And that's something I really want you guys to know. That every single one of you guys have bro- has broken a boundary that was set for you guys. Everyone doesn't have to sit still in the same seat that makes other people comfortable. Move around. And if you're sitting in that seat because it makes you comfortable. Just get the hell out. Get up and find another seat. Because even though that seat's so comfortable, it's not going to help you advance to what you want to do. It's not going to help you make the changes you want. And that's something you have to realize. That's something I realized, too. And before I end this episode, I want to go ahead and leave you guys with something uh, to stick to your minds to really, really start thinking about later on and probably ask me, you know, on Instagram or anything like that. But it all goes back to the whole quote, disrupt, uh, disrupt the order of things in all of the universe, or even if you want to change it up, you know, the balance of the universe. Now. here's the question if everybody else or just people or even me doing the things that make them happy that reach their goals disrupts the order of things in the universe or like you know destroys the balance of all things in the universe was there really a balance to begin with was there really order in the universe i don't think so I mean, I can tell you right now, I don't think there really was a balance or an order. It's kind of like when you go back to the law of thermodynamics, there tends to be disorder in the system. And when there's disorder in the system, that's how things are progressed. And that's something to really think about. For, For progression, there needs to be disorder. And if people don't like that, well, I guess you just got to leave them behind, huh? And that concludes our first episode of TMI for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I'm so glad you guys could listen to this discussion and just these ideas that I had going through for today's topic, which was titled No Such Thing as Assigned Seating. Uh, Go ahead and leave a comment or anything just to provide feedback about how this episode went down or just any questions you had or just your own thoughts about everything we talked about today. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. You can listen on Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud, and soon YouTube for full visual aid of all of our episodes on TMI. I'm so glad you guys can make it. I'll go ahead and see you guys later. Same time, same place. Stay safe, be blessed, and stay you. Peace.